0: Sports Talk on 702 for the curious. So, I did ask the question. I said, Do you know of somebody in the sporting world where you have a question about whatever happened to that person? And he didn't retire too long ago. And he was a guy they called Captain Courageous. And we used to watch him every Saturday when the Springboks beat the All Blacks because we always beat them, you see. Corne Krieger, good evening and welcome to Sports Talk. Thank you very much, Ray. Great to talk to you. Great to have you on. Okay, so this is a profile interview. I'm going to go through your life and uh, what you're doing now. So suppose we have to start at the beginning. You were born in Zambia. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, so my parents um, actually met each other in Zambia and they both worked in a bank. And um, so all all three, my, uh, all three siblings were born in Zambia. So my two brothers, I'm uh, two older brothers, I'm the youngest of three. And um, yeah, so we grew up in Zambia and when it was time to go to school, my parents, you know, didn't see any good schools around in Zambia nor Zimbabwe really at that time. And then they sent us to, all the way to to Paul. So that's how we landed up in Paul and I landed up in Paul Boys' Eye, which obviously gave me a great grounding for, for my rugby career, which was due uh, many years later.
0: Yeah, that's the heart of Western Cape School Rugby. Was it quite competitive at school? Did you land up in the first team automatically or did you sort of have a rough start?
1: Actually, um, you know, what was interesting is that um, most kids want to play with the ball. You know, they want the ball. And and I wasn't that worried about the ball. I was I was, I was more than happy just to tackle people. So, um, so I always made the first team because I was the only one who wanted to tackle while the other guys always wanted to so, book. <laughs> so that's how it all started, you yeah. know
0: i like that you wanted to tackle all right (laughs) and 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 then what happened after that though one of the biggest crits that i have is that you you go through rugby you go through school and then you get to first team you leave school maybe Paul boys is a little bit different but you leave school and then nothing happens and we lose that talent obviously you had the link to take you forward it
1: was actually quite interesting i had a a bursary to go to stellenbosch um and because I was quite an naughty kid in Paul, I decided not to go to Salomos because everybody who goes from from Paul to Salomos you know, it's all the same people. So I decided to go to the big city. I went to Cape Town and studied business management at Cape Technicon. And um, then I landed up in a very, very good team uh, for Cape Te- Technicon at that time. We actually beat Salamash and 21. So we had a very, very good team. And then I was hunted and I, I went to Per. Para- um, which had a whole lot of spring box in that team. And then from there on I, I went straight into the Western Province team. So I I was quite lucky in, in in how I progressed. You know, there's always a lot of luck involved in, in any in any sport. You know, you 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 either make it through the system or, you know, it spits you out. So luckily I've made it through.
0: Yeah, no, you certainly did. You had your test debut, am I right, in nineteen ninety nine. That's correct, yeah. Okay, just take us through that. I mean, playing for the Springboks for the first time, you must have been quite nervous.
1: Yeah, which made it even more special and made me even more nervous was I was captain on my debut. So Terry Tyson got injured. uh, Nick Maddott was the coach at the time, and he he, said to Rossi Rasmus, who was a more senior player than I was, and he said, you know, uh, would you like the captaincy? And Rossi Rasmus said no. Wow. And um, and then he came, I were, he, you know, I was, I'd captained all the teams all the way up, you know, nineteen And um, so he, he gave me the opportunity and I said, jeez, that would be a great honour for me, yes. And sure. I didn't even think about it. You know? So I captained uh, the team on, the, on my debut and we won 101-0, which was a record score against Italy at the time. So what, what, luckily it's quite an easy game.
0: What a way to start. What a way to start. I always, I always felt so sorry for Italy because they got pummeled by you guys. Yeah, until
1: they beat us not many years ago, yeah.
0: Mm. They came back. They came back. You suffered injury from time to time. I remember that as well.
1: Yeah, you know, the big thing is I was very small. And I'm still, I'm still very small. Um I actually did an interview with, uh, with corbus Visa yesterday, and uh, <laughs> the photo looks bizarre. It, it looks, <laughs> I looked like one of his legs, you know, when I stood next to him. But, um, you know, I was always very small, so I really had to turn my weight around. And, and, and so, be, you know, I started my first professional season 1996, so I, I was weighing 87 and then I went up to 91 in the following year. And in then in the year after that, I went up to 98. And, and at my at my heaviest, I was 101. Wow, and um, okay. I always put that in, I always put that in the program, you know, 101. So people look in those shoes as a big guy, but you know, I just had really had to throw my weight around. I really had to play well. I had to punch well above my weight, you know, and for that very specific reason there, you know, I did get a lot of injuries.
0: Mm, it's a bit of a problem. Just talking about throwing your weight around, and and very often we've seen somebody you know like Corbus Visser you spoke about as well. These guys are huge, but it doesn't really matter. It's, it all comes down to technique and how you play rugby.
1: Yeah, it's a lot about technique, but also heart. You know, rugby, like rugby is you know if, if the the one thing you mustn't be is scared. If you if you're scared, then you get injured. You know, it's uh, it's one of those. So, um, in, if you're in the forwards, you know you really are in the oven, and that's where it all happens, and that's where all the contact is. And it's often being much bigger guys that you know. If you don't stop you five metres from the line, it's going to be a try, and it's your fault that if it's a try, you know. So you just drop your head and go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, lots of stitches, lots of injuries. But you know, if you look, if I look back, all worth it.
0: All right. Who was your fiercest opponent on the field? Somebody who you just didn't want to play against?
1: Oh, that's an interesting one, you know, a question, because a lot of times, um, if you ask South Africans, they they would say New Zealanders, uh, you know, some New Zealand or Australian opposition mm. was very good at the time on interna- in the international rugby. And and I'll probably say Josh Cronfeld because I was sort of one of the first open side flankers And New Zealand and Australia play open side, which means you always, no matter where the scum is, you're always on the side that's the biggest, side of the field so that you can get to the ball quite quickly so uh, Josh Cronfeld, after, after that 1995 World Cup I mean he, he was instrumental in them getting to the final with Jonah Loma and um, yeah so the, uh, we had many serious battles and then after that obviously um, uh, Richie McCall.
0: yeah yeah Richie McCaw I mean the guy was a machine very often though they would say he was a little bit dirty to start with did you feel that or was that just a bit of a controversial question
1: no, he. I not Yeah, you know, he, he, look, he was tough as nails, and he, and you know he was very good at what he did. So people really hated him because he if if he was on song, it was very hard to play against that team because he never got quick ball. And it's, it's massively important to to get quick ball if you want to win rugby games because you need to be able to attack and score tries. You know, so he was just a legend, absolute legend in slowing the ball down.
0: Yeah, what would you say your sporting highlight was when playing for the Box?
1: I think obviously my debut and and then secondly, you know, captaining um my country to a World Cup. Um, being there was a very controversial World Cup and a build up mm. and a lot of things had happened, but it was still a massive honor, you know, and you uh, when I when, when I decided to write a book I said to the um of you know, the publishers, I said, you know, that the, the the title of my book must be The Right Place at the Wrong Time because it was ex- absolutely where I wanted to be. It's, you know, I dreamt about being a Springbok captain, but I was just in a very, a very, very difficult time. You know, I was there in 1994. We, I was the captain of the SA 19 team that went to the Junior World Cup. And it was just after uh, Nelson Mandela was released. And we didn't even have a national anthem. You know, we, mm. we had a minute silence when other people sang the anthems. So... It was a crazy time, but also, you know, you know difficulty builds character, and I always, I always saw it in that sense.
0: Yeah. I have to ask you about that Twickenham test with the English. We had that record loss against them. What happened on that day?
1: Uh, right. To, to be honest, you know, I'm very, I, I've, I've been embarrassed about my actions for many, many years, and I've apologized in many, many times. So I'm quite candid about it now, but you know, people must understand that at the time it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. I think I took two years of my career in that game. But what happened was we, we had lost to France. We, we were a very young touring side. We had a lot of injuries to our senior players. I think Bucky Spurto was out. Victor Matfield was out. I had a, I had a broken thumb, which had uh, just been operated. And uh, Rudolf Australia said to me, look, I really want you to come on the tour. We, we need your experience. And, and, and I, went to, I went across. I played with a brace that we strapped in my, my thumb. And, um, yeah, so we lost to France mm-hmm. in the first game. Uh, John de Villiers, the first this match, and bust his knee quite badly in that game. Then went to Scotland, lost to Scotland, I think for the first or second time ever in our history. And then we went on to England, which was, at that time, they were pro- probably a year out of, of winning, being world champions. So, we came up against a fierce team, and the um, Lovastowski made a mistake and tackled uh, Johnny Wilkinson late, and Paddy O'Brien um, made a mistake and he gave him a red card instead of a yellow card. Yeah. And that was the game. Basically, in the first fifteen minutes we had we had fourteen men and we got absolutely pummeled. And you know I mm-hmm. spoke about it the other day with one of my teammates, de Kock and, and it was literally like I hate losing and I really hated re- losing in a swimming watch jersey because you feel you've let your country down. And I just felt that there were some there were a couple of young guys in that team that really just gave up. You know, there's like I could see in their eyes it was like there's nothing Not happening, you know, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take matters into my own hands. And I really, you know, I hurt a couple of of players that played against me, and and it was just my mission to just destroy We're not going to win the game, you know. And I was, she said, I was an angry guy, yeah. And um, I I regret it now, and I, you know, but I'm over it, you know, and um, I've apologized to all the people I needed to apologize, and obviously that record sat with me for a while, for many years, actually. And Unfortunately for mm. me, that that monkey's off my back because even if a took that
0: last... yeah, <laughs> away from me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's also had his trials and tribulations as well. What don't know what happened. You, you you said that you you know you you apologised. What happened right after that game? Did Did Rudolf call you guys together? Did you get together with the English afterwards? How did you try and resolve that?
1: No, you know what you know what happened um, is that. It was actually quite embarrassing because you know, we I tried to knock out um one of uh, one of the English players who guy by the name of Matt Dawson because he was you know scum off, so I don't know if you've ever played rugby. But the small small guys make the most noise. Yeah, they do, and he yeah. was just but he was <laughs> he was just being incredibly arrogant, so, and just chirping us all the way and, and really rubbing him to into the wounds, you know, those all sorts of stuff that I'm gonna knock him out. So I tried to knock him out but I actually knocked Andrew Pretorius out and um, afterwards uh, well, uh, he was contested as well but I know it was sort of back mm. after, after the game you know um, our press media um, liaison officer didn't go to the press conference and he um, w- when, when Rudolph and I walked in there we walked into a, like a, a, a bees nest because Clive Woodward who, who a year later would be Sir Clive Woodward um, said that it's the most brutal game he's ever played in, that the South Africans are a bunch of thugs. Mm. And I did... I, I mean, he wasn't wrong. I, w- I was a thug on the day. and um, But Rudolph, the, the first question to Rudolph Strali was, Mr. Strally, um, you know, Clive Woodward says that, you know, this is the most brutal game he's ever played in, that the South African players are a bunch of thugs. So what do you have to say about that? And I mean, we, we if, if our median layers and our third gone... And listen, you know, he could have warned us and we could have yeah. prepared for it. But Rudolph just said, look, um, two of my players were concussed as well. You know, do you think we concuss our own players? And uh, at that time, I nearly crawled under the table because yeah. I knew I'd knocked the territory. You're done. <laughs> it, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was, it was one of those, you know, things go from bad to worse. And, and you know, I just, i absolutely lost it. So... Yeah. No, as you know, I'm not really I'm not proud of it. It's something that I still regret to this day. But it, but that's sport, and and that's you know it brings brings the best and the worst out of you sometimes, you know, and yeah. especially a contact game like
0: rugby. We're chatting to former Springbok rugby captain Corne Krieger. Corne, how did the Springboks then turn things around? Because you know, for a while after that, the box did battle, but things did change. Fortunes did change.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, as I said, right place the wrong time. You know, there's, there was an era of Nick Mallett just before me, which I got the back end of. And, the, you know, 17 test matches in a row, a really good era. And then, obviously, a lot of those older players, of, you know, had left. And... Um, you know, the likes of Osterant. Or they were still playing, but, you know, Rudolf and, and the powers that be decided not to choose them. And then, you know, you fit um, you for the very young team, which you need to build again for mm-hmm. another World Cup, you know. And there was just not enough experience in that team. And so after, you know, if 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 I look at who made their debuts when when I was playing, um, Scott Berger, John de Villiers, Victor wow. Matfield, Bucky Sporter, the crop of the f- of the cream of the crop of the following World Cup 2007 were making their debuts, coming into the team, guys who played over 100 Test matches in their career. So, so it takes a bit of time, yeah. But at least those guys made their debuts in one World Cup, and a lot of them went on to play three or four World Cups. You know, so that's amazing, and that's how, that's why they won that 2007 World Cup. One really good coaching, mm. and obviously bringing back experience. I mean, Austria missed out on 2003 World Cup. Mm. But he was chosen for the 2007 one four years later.
0: Yeah, I remember that yeah. they 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 got him back yeah. for his experience and it worked. The whole experiment yeah. really
1: worked. Yeah, yeah, You need you need to build experience with youth, you know. And you know, if, I always say if young players don't learn from from their peers, from the older players in the team, you now they learn from their position when they get hiding. You yeah. Know? So, anyway, you, it was a yeah. It, it was just a, a difficult. Yeah, at that time.
0: Yeah, do you regret stopping when you stopped? I think he went off to Northampton Saints.
1: Yes, that's right. I played for just over a year in Northampton, and yeah, you know, I do, I do. I, I stopped when I was thirty, which is very young. Um, having said that, I, I regret that I didn't go and play in Italy for a year or two, where the rugby is a little bit softer. Uh, I was, I was invited by. Um, a South African is coaching Australia now, so to come and play for for one of the the Italian clubs, and um, I, I I decided not to. You know, I'd hurt my neck, and I had a, a three month old daughter in my oh. house, and I just you know life was put into perspective for me. So on the one side, I do regret I didn't play a year or two in Italy, but. If I look at my body and the ability for me to be able to run and do triathlons and do the Cape Epic and, and do extreme events, I'm extremely grateful that I still feel, got feel that ability because yeah. a lot of the players that, that retired too late hurt
0: themselves too much, you know. I remember John Smith once saying he used to hate getting up out of bed on a Sunday morning because he was so sore. The pain was awful. Did you also have that as well? You'd get up and think, oh, I'm so sore. How long can I carry on doing this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know every Sunday was bad. I I used to roll out of bed. I couldn't pick my neck up. Oh. So um, you know I'm forty five now and I, I think I'm 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 in good shape and and I, but I think it's still gonna come and fetch me at some point.
0: Yeah. What are you doing now? That's the million dollar question. What are you doing now?
1: Well I had the privilege of, of having an opportunity when I got out of rugby to get into the outdoor advertising game. So I have a other advertising business. Um, actually, got two different ones. One one focuses on on-con advertising, which is on-consumption, which is bars and restaurants and 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 taverns and shabees, as some people call it. So I'm, I'm very um, let's call it liquor-driven. Mm-hmm. So the second uh, liquor lockdown hasn't done me any favors. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, then I've got another company called Sickardo that basically does large format billboards, buses, and yeah, it's a it's been an incredible journey. I've been in the game <laughs> since I stopped playing, mm. uh, yeah. But it's, um, I'd yeah. say something that I'm really proud of is that I've just managed to hang in there and just to 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 learn to become a businessman. You know, you're a sportsman and you stop playing. Playing rugby and you, you think you're on top of the world, and then all of a sudden you go into business and you realise you're actually starting right at the bottom. You know? Yeah. So, so, um, so I've been very humble, put it that way.
0: It's, it's is it quite difficult stepping down, Springbok rugby captain to normal life, having your own business, which is lovely, but just normal life. The crowds aren't there anymore. That adrenaline's not running when they give you the ball. You're open side flanker and you're running, and it's yeah. you miss that.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's a big um that's a big thing, you know, is that you where where in the world can you get better job satisfaction, you know, stand in front of sixty or seventy thousand people, sing your national anthem and then face the hot and play against the all back. <laughs> <There's laughs> yeah goosebumps stuff, you know, and I don't put it that way, I've never got that goosebumps going to work on any given morning. Um mm. but the fact of the matter is that you know there's phases in your life and you you, you have to adapt. And I think the most difficult thing is to mentally to adapt. If you took rugby too seriously or if you took your um, position that you were given, which is an honour and a privilege, not a right, when, you, when you're a springboard captain, then if you take that too seriously, then things go wrong afterwards, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but, but I think, you know, for me, I was lucky. I kept all my school friends and I always try to remain humble and not big-headed. And I always, I always you know... Always reminded myself that it, it was just a temporary position, and that it wasn't something that I would do for a very long
0: time. Yeah, at Greg Smith on Twitter says, "Yo, that guy had grit, and you did have grit. <laughs> you really did, you know, mate. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, know, you know, I think you know, be, being away from my parents from the age of four taught me to be you know, to be really tough, you know, and just to to." figure my own things out you know i would never had a, a mother or father shoulder to cry on so I had to figure things out for myself sort my own problems out sometimes the first um first option was violence and you know to bash people around now if somebody tried to bully me I bullied them back you know so I there's some really good stuff and there's obviously some other baggage that comes with that put it that way
0: yeah. Are you still staying in contact with some of your teammates? Do you go for a beer once in a while and say, hey, remember the old days, remember this?
1: Yeah, it was actually um, Sean Drew's birthday on Wednesday. He's in the coaching game now. Yeah. And I happened to be in Salimbash and, I, and, I, and we had a quick lunch together. So yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm in contact with many of them. Um, um, not all of them, because you know that sometimes you're thrown into a team, and, and not everybody's your cup of tea. But you you tolerate because the team is number one, and then your 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 your, your, your attitude and your and your friendships is number two. So. Yeah, you tolerate people if you have to, but yeah, I'm mates I'm sure with a lot of, uh, many, many, many of my rugby
0: friends. Yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. Why are you not more involved in coaching? You were Springbok captain. You should be coaching out there. You should be, you know, varsity sides, curry cup, whatever it may be, Western province rugby, perhaps?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's a very interesting question and I get asked that quite a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm actually quite, keen to coach I'm actually um thinking about coaching in a later stage of my life, but right at the moment you know I've got my own kids i've got um a 13, a fifteen year old daughter in grade nine i've got a thirteen year old boy in grade seven I've an eleven year old boy in 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 grade five so oh, nice. you know my weekends I love spending my weekends with them and I love spending my time with my family and and being a an actively involved father. And um, you know, if you coach, unfortunately, you know, it really isn't conducive to a to a, a family man. You know, you're away every weekend, uh, you travel massively around the country and even around the world. So yeah, it's it's not it's not a family game. I think you've been asked Russia Russ, that's sorry. But yeah. one of the big reasons is he's, he's also decided to take a to take a, a sideways step.
0: Yeah. Where did you watch the rugby world cup final last year?
1: So uh, Ray, that was amazing. I, I was busy with a a a, a three day mountain mountain bike race called the Wine Wells. You you cycle from Salimbos to Almanus over three days. And um so we finished day one on Friday. Saturday was the World Cup final. We cycled and we my, my my mate and I, Llewellyn, we raced as hard as we could to finish the race and uh in time to have a shower and sit right in front of the TV 11 o'clock in the morning with a bear in hand. And, um, well, I tell you what, the celebrations lasted from 11 (laughs) in the morning till 11 at night and I really (laughs) struggled the next day on the bike. Wow. But, yeah, I I think I've never been that emotional in my life about a rookie game, You know, just, just, not 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 because we not only because we won, but just because, you know, Sia Khaleesi being the first black captain, mm. Sia Khaleesi saying, you know, when the lady asked him, you know, Sia, did you ever dream about winning the World Cup? And he said, no, I dreamt about where I was going to get my next meal from. And it was like, Oof. wow, you know. Wow. It's like perspective, perspective in a big way, you know. Yeah. The English players, if they had one they would have been knighted and, and life would have been great for them. But here, we, I think on that, after that, that speech, I think the English really realized that they had no chance to beat us because we were just we were
0: playing for much much different reasons than they were. It's interesting you say that, and that, that tweet from George Smith saying you had grit. On the day, the Springboks had grit, and we thought that they had, well, no chance because they just annihilated the All Blacks. But we just yeah. came out there, and it was just this magical performance, this this absolute sheer determination, kind of something that I'd seen from you before because that's what you used to do. You used to get that ball and just go for it. Yeah,
1: you know... I, you know I think many people didn't give him a chance, but I knew I—I wouldn't say I knew, but I really had a sneaky feeling we were going to take it because we were playing finals rugby from the beginning. You know, we—we we, the the kind of game we played was a no nonsense, a low low risk type of game, and um, if we could put it together on the day, you know, I I thought we had a chance. And uh, and I called it, and I was very lucky. But I don't I don't think anybody called that margin of score against England. It was it was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, sports a very funny thing. It's what happens on the day. When you were leading the box, did you ever have one of those moments where things just clicked, and you think you sort of thought to yourself, we're in the zone. Nobody is going to beat us today.
1: Yeah, as I said, you know, not necessarily in the Springbok in the Springbok jersey because we had a young team and and we fought for every game that we won, and many of them were very class. I remember beating Argentina in in Port Elizabeth with a with a try in the last minute and a conversion from Louis Kunu. <laughs> you know, he helped us to, not to not to lose to to Argentina. So yeah, a lot of the, the Springbok games, were, but but with the Stormers and Western Province, you know. Often felt that you know that on the day there you know nobody can beat us. We we are just on fire.
0: Yeah. What's next for corne Well, oh, that's
1: an interesting one. You know, uh, next for me is like you know just trying to build a, a really decent business that my two sons can take further. You know, and then you know for me in the in the stage of my life where I'm now, you know, it's it's important for me to 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 be more significant than successful, you know, I think I've been successful in my life I've been um, a springboard captain since so I've reached the highest possible honors in one area of my life, but now it's another era and and for me now it's been significant making a difference to my family, making a difference to my community and the people around me and and helping people that are struggling.
0: Yeah, well, Corne, it's been great chatting to you on Sports Talk tonight. Thank you so much. And thank you as well for the rugby. It was great watching you. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you.
1: No, it's my pleasure. It was, it was awesome. And I have to thank everybody who came to watch us because the, without fr- supporters, you know, there's no rugby. So thank you very
0: much. Oh, nice one. Thank you. It's Korne Kricher, former Springbok rugby captain.